0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Good afternoon and welcome. It's going to be a great show today, folks. Today we are talking ab- about your your spouse, your many 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 ex-boyfriends, your many 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 ex-girlfriends, your your ex-spouse. Oh, all things challenged in relationship. Every human being you've ever met that mm-hmm. is a little bit relationally challenged, today is the day. If you've met one, if you know one, Gather around. Get,
1: get them to listen if to you. If you've they. had a challenged relationship?
0: Yeah. Well, or a person that is challenged. Okay. That's a big deal. Because obviously when you have a relationship that's, that's difficult, you know it's not your fault.
1: Of course. It's, it's never my it's fault. It's
0: these other people. Even though I'm married, it's never my fault. I know. Fault. I know. But they don't get it. See, if other people, that's what I've learned as a relationship expert. If If we didn't have to have relationships, life would be great. Wouldn't it? Because I'm finding out it's like the relationships that are the hardest things. They're the most beautiful when they turn out perfect.
1: But you would think we might have it correct, though, after the many years of no. having relationships. Well, what
0: it is is that everyone is still challenged, and we keep thinking everyone that's challenged isn't us. We don't ever think we are the ones with problems. No, everybody else has problems. Like we know. We know. If something goes wrong with this show, we know who to blame. It's James. That's right. It's every of time. <laughs> Even when it's not James, it's James. That's what's fun about being the student on board. I'm the Matt Townsend Show Scapegoat. Scapegoat. That's it. We need a goat sound.
1: Okay. I'll work on we that. look for a goat sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: There, I saw a couple out in the parking lot. Just grab one of those. Just put grab them on a, mic. Yeah. yeah. Somebody let their goats go. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about relationship challenged. Uh, we have an awesome um, professor, researcher, uh, blogger extraordinaire Vanita Mehta will be joining us. She's going to uh, walk us through you know, how the brain kind of works and how it might keep a lot of us stuck in not understanding. But before we go any further down the road, let's get to the headlines.
1: Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show. A summary of stories that you might have missed. A summary of stories we might have missed. I think not. Okay. Sean O'Neill's been all over the story. I got him. Here. it. So, it's college student time, right? Yes. College back in swing? Yes. What if your significant other has gone to a different college? So, you fell in love with somebody in maybe high school or wherever, and then Mm -hmm. they went to a different college. If they go to Stanford and you go to Harvard? And then it's over. Oh, boy. No, it's not. Apparently not. Long distance relationship. Do they work? They can. I think It's not usually a term that people want to hear about their relationship. No. But... Sometimes it can work. Well, of course, if we can date online, if we can find people mm-hmm. online. Why can't you court online? That's right. But, you, I mean, you don't want to sit around and pout and all that stuff. No, you're listening, James. Turn, turn the negativity into a positive. The key to making a long-distance relationship work is not to create more distance than there already is. Ooh. So you you want to try mm-hmm. to create more closeness. Right. So, in other words, communicate, communicate, yeah. communicate. Sounds like somebody's going to have to send more packages. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, that's old school.
0: We'll have to use new technology.
1: New technology? Now. How about Skype and texting? Mm. Yeah. Why you can stay you? in touch that way. Oh, absolutely. You get to see each other if you're Skyping.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen J- James Skyping his friend? No. All day long.
1: Ah. They don't ever stop. In fact, according to this article at wcuquad.com, They say Skype dates are the next best thing to a real date. (laughs) Okay. Not true.
0: (laughs) Skype dates are the next best thing to like sixth down the list. Okay. I mean, fake dates might be better than a Skype date.
1: Oh, okay. Awkward well, know, first dates. But they say you need to find a time where you both can sit down yeah. and eat dinner or lunch while you're on Skype. Oh, I like that. That's that, neat. You have, that way That's you have great. time to talk. Yeah, we
0: connect. You mm-hmm. can talk. You can look at each other.
1: But they also say things like old-fashioned mail still works. Really? Yeah. Do they still do that? You know, it's strange, but the post office is still operating. Do you think people still perfume their envelopes? And you can go out to Pinterest what? for different ideas on what kind of letters to write to your significant other. Wow, such as wow. write a variety of letters. You can direct the person on when to open those letters. Like Ooh. open this when you're sad, or open this when you're homesick. Yeah, no, my wife did that when I was when I went mm-hmm. on an LDS mission. Okay, but you know, yeah, we, but of course, what skyping I guess would have been great. Contact, now. you know, yeah. I mean, it seems seems important. Yeah, you know, being in the same city in the same vicinity would be a Mm -hmm. good idea so by the way the good night kiss on skype what what is that that's 20th to what i mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's like down the list doesn't mean you can't do it kissing your your
1: screen yeah although there are good aspects to being in a long-distance relationship according to this article like provides the opportunity to learn how to be independent while in a relationship i love that
0: and it's not driving everything physically everything's not just because you're kissing every night got Mm -hmm. that james Check.
1: Okay. Oh, oh. Mm. that was an interesting keep, I'm answer. I'm trying to keep him honest. Another article here that yeah, I found in an Indian newspaper: too many selfie, too much selfie sharing can harm real life relationships. Real? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Too much of me taking care, taking my own pictures and yes. sharing them with people. Yes, is gonna, it's going to hurt my relationship. Yes, according to British researchers, okay. people who post too many photos of themselves on social media run the risk of damaging real life relationships. Hmm. People other than very close friends and relatives do not seem to relate well to those who constantly share photos of themselves. This is according to David Houghton from the Birmingham Business School at the University of Birmingham. They'll be ostracized. They're going to be – nobody wants to hang around with of narcissistic – Researchers found that an increased level of sharing photos of the self prompted a decreased level of support in terms of likes achieved from friends and colleagues.
0: Hmm. James, are you listening to this? Yeah, and they also found yeah.
1: that partners in relationships feel less supported when people share more photos of friends than family. Wow. See, we're going to have to have like a selfie psychology. Oh yeah, a whole
0: theory of what's appropriate when she you're posts taking pictures. Too many
1: selfies? What if you're taking selfies with your significant other? How does that 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 would probably, be a totally different study? That
0: lifts it up. That's, That's a whole different great. study. What? It, yeah, I think that's a bonding experience. Is that what you guys do? Yeah, that's what we do. Exactly like what you did all weekend.
1: We just took selfies
0: because I saw about four
1: hundred pictures of you two. Let yeah, me, let me take a selfie. But can I? I do want to say something, one.
0: James. When you take four hundred pictures with your significant other, yeah, it make and then you post all of them. It makes me not like you.
1: Well, yeah. you know, I, I just thought that you would want to see that every second of my day over the weekend. Yeah. Well, you mm-hmm. were wrong. <laughs> and not last, even close. Last but not least, yes. the big relationship news over the weekend. What? Mama June and Sugar Bear. They're separating. <gasps> no! Oh, no. Mm-hmm. From the TLC reality oh, show, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. No. You know what? That mm-hmm. is tragic. What was his name? Sugar Bear? Sugar Bear. That's him. Sugar Bear. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 uh. Wow! Sorry, how could they break <laughs> Too up? Soon. Too soon. <laughs> they were a match made in heaven. Well, they decided to take some time apart to figure out some things in their relationship. Wow! Who gets the house by the train? I, I don't know. Stop! I don't know. But uh, yeah, who gets Honey Boo Boo? Mama June. She's the mother of Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Well, I, that's just it. They they are the parents of Alana mm-hmm. Honey Boo Boo. Alana's her name. Alana Thompson. Yeah. June and Mike are the parents. But Mike's not the parents of the other girls in the yeah. house. Oh, so. well, it's devastating. She's, uh, uh, Mama June says, we're taking things day by day, but regardless of what happens, the girls will always be our number one priority. We, th- we want to thank y'all for our support, for your support. Wow. I think, I think what, their number one priority I thought was their food storage. <laughs> well, at least all the paper towels in <laughs> the kitchen they, in the didn't dining they have room. like
0: 10 years worth of food storage. Yeah, That's going to like be that. the battle. Who yeah. gets the food
1: storage? Well, mm-hmm. that they, they, you know, they were never officially married. They did have—I oh, they did have a commitment ceremony. Okay, but oh, yeah, but it wasn't a marriage. Yeah, and um, so so really, they're not even divorcing. They're no, just, they're just separating. They're just uncommitting, they're breaking up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a train
0: when you just unhook one cart from another.
2: <laughs>
0: if you if you want to use a train metaphor, yeah. Well, they live so close. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Oh, wow. Tragic. It's, yeah. it's just sad. I mean, we got to, you know, relationships Well, that's hard. almost
1: as big as, you know, the John and Kate news that uh, when, you know, when they yeah. broke up.
0: Yeah. It's a little less big than that. Okay. I mean, they had like eight. Eight kids. Yeah. that's different. But, I mean, this is, there's Honey Boo Boo and the other girls. Yeah. The fighters. Wow. Okay. See, relationships are hard. So uh, they're even more difficult when you're dealing with somebody that's relationally challenged. True. Which what I have found in my business is basically half of all couples. The problem is everybody thinks their partner is the one that's challenged. So today we're going to blow up the myth. We're all a little bit challenged. When we come back, Dr. Venita Mehta Venita, Venita will be joining us. We're going to be walking through every kind of side, every angle about potential issues that might keep you relationally challenged Let's figure this out, folks, and improve our relationships. Maybe we could even save Honey Boo Boo's parents. Oh, we could try. Sugar Bear and Mama Jin. Hope they're listening. We'll take a break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Do you feel like you are highly skilled in forming a relationship today and keeping them going? Not just—I mean, anyone can, you know, meet somebody, but do you know how to keep the relationship alive and thriving? Do you feel like you're you're pretty you're pretty effective at it, or do you struggle? Do you have people in your lives that you know? Struggle. That's what we're talking about today. Who better to teach us than Dr. Vanita Mehta is joining us. She is a licensed clinical psychologist, a journalist, and a media expert based in Washington, D.C. She specializes in depression, anxiety, life transitions, and relationship issues. She's uh, studied at Harvard and Columbia where she got her Ph.D. She's um, also a, a very popular blogger on psychology today in their blog Head Games. And uh, is interviewed all over the country. We so appreciate her being on our show, uh, Vanita. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
0: It is an honor to have you, and we need your help to to yeah. help us. Uh, I guess learn how to not be so relationally challenged. It sounds like from a lot of your writing, you know, in today's day and age, maybe we are not as skilled as we need to be relationally.
3: I, know, I, I think that's uh, what the research is really beginning to suggest here that maybe you know there's a mismatch between how we are built and the modern environment in which we live
0: oh interesting the so person- built meaning our bodies are, are i guess uh, how how we're wired in some cases okay. is it's not ideal for a healthy long term relationship
3: exactly hmm. exactly so we're our wiring may be uh, more suited to for what's known as serial monogamy, you know, relationships that last over, you know, years and then you have several partners over the course of a lifetime hmm. or short-term relationships because that's, uh, as, as the experts in uh, evolutionary psychology, that's uh, what they are, that's what they're saying, that that's really how we're built so that a long-term relationship like a marriage might be actually very demanding yeah. uh, for given how we're, how we're actually designed.
0: Well, and that's so interesting. So is, do we, I guess, do we do we go with our design or do we go with kind of our future, our needs? Well,
3: you know, that, that, you know that's, a, that's a really great question. I, I I don't know if there's an easy answer to that, but it seems that, again, the research shows that long-term pair bonds or marriage, you know, that, uh, that it, you know, Marriage is, is good for health and happiness. Long-term, solid, stable relationships really promotes emotional well-being. So it seems that, uh, you know, if we, could, if we could tell evolution how to go, help yeah. us evolve in that direction. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I guess part of it, though, in the end is we, we, we probably need to, you know, evolve right now just in thought, intellectually, maybe change our thinking, which might eventually, I guess, change our acting. I mean, part of it, I guess, is focusing on it. It seems like there's a lot of stuff we can do. We talk about just talk about how you know how we are wired and and how that gets in the way.
3: Well, uh, so uh, basically, when we think about how our ancestors lived, you know, our ancestors lived um, you know, from a, uh, a band of about 50 to 150 people. Right. They moved. You know, they were nomadic, always in search of food. And so they lived among, you know, these small communities of, in most of those bands where people were blood-related, they were kin. And um, so you really didn't meet a lot of people in your lifetime. When you think about people in cities and how many strangers we meet in a given day, that was not what it was like for our ancestors. And so when you met a potential, you know, mate, yeah. so to speak a bit more technically, that perhaps there was, you know, that was an opportunity you didn't want to miss out on because, you know, if we're going to look at this from an evolutionary perspective, survival and reproduction are the two big aims of evolution. So perhaps, you know, a courtship might have been fed up. Um, right. But here, you know, in the modern world, a fast courtship doesn't usually yield good results.
0: And now, too, I guess we're... I guess we're we're not nomadic. We, we can establish roots, stay in an area for a long time, and we're meeting a lot of people that are going by us that aren't necessarily, I mean, that we may not even be looking at as a potential mate. Exactly,
3: exactly.
0: Does that impact, I guess that impacts then what we even think is, I mean, making decisions and accurate assessments in what is a romantic situation versus what isn't.
3: Yeah, so we have again, you know, we have biases. These are basically the legacy of our ancestors. So when we go into a situation, we are going into it sort of with the, with the minds and the biases that they had, which was trying to make very quick judgments of, you know, is this person appropriate or not appropriate? And so, you know, one big bias, for example, is paying a lot of attention to uh, physical attractiveness hmm. because physical attractiveness... Is thought to be a sign of good genes and a strong genetic constitution. You know, again, our ancestors lived under the threat of infectious diseases. Right. You know, yeah. But, get, you know, get the one that looks healthy, right? yeah. They're not as prevalent as they used to be. So.
0: Oh, that is so interesting. And so, you know, in a weird way, I guess we we we, we would look at other things. We'd look at you know, grade point average. I mean, I guess other things that aren't. As I don't know that seems just as shallow, but in the end, we may not be a great judge f- for the long term, maybe ideal for how we used to live, not a great judge of current relationships
3: exactly, and I mean too, we have to remember that you know on average, the light, you know the human lifespan is much longer than it used to be that's true so uh that's another consideration
0: how much um so and and then that actually impacts this is impacting how we date i guess our our need to quickly i guess get to get serious maybe marry a little bit faster a lot of this it might just be echoes from the past huh yeah
3: yeah so then you know evolution doesn't work so neatly or uh you know it, it isn't designed to be perfect. It's just designed to be good enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
3: to, to, to
0: increase to the odds, right?
3: Predators. yeah, <laughs> so. isn't that,
0: yeah. Isn't that interesting? Is it? Is it something like? Um, I mean, when I think about this, uh, there's got to be more. There's got to be dozens of of different uh, 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 biases or. Or other things, instincts, you know, I think you called them evolutionary instincts, things that are driving us. What else is driving us to maybe, you know, not be thinking as straight as we need to be?
3: Well, you know, another interesting bias uh, on the part of men is to overestimate uh, interest on the part of a woman. Mm. So say you can kind of see this even in life at a party or if you're at a bar or a happy hour and you're talking to somebody. Uh, the research shows that men tend to overestimate uh, sexual interest from a woman, but women tend to underestimate the level of uh, commitment in men.
2: Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> so,
3: yes. Yeah. But evolutionarily, that would have been, you know, those. that's a great bias to have because for men, they don't want to miss out on a potential mating opportunity. Sure. And for women, they don't want to... Uh, you know, it would be a very big mistake to mate with somebody who wouldn't be around for you know, the pregnancy and and uh, beyond with with uh, rearing a child, so that those resources to help raise the child would would actually you know come through.
0: And then so, they end up impacting our relationships with the creepy guy that thinks everybody at the bar wants to take him home, and yet. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and then the, the the girl or the woman you may be dating that never believes you're really in very far you're not deep
3: isn't it amazing how it translates into you know it's, uh, how you can just see it just like that
0: That's so true no wonder no wonder men women look at men like you are so creepy I am not interested in you
3: stop calling stop that's, right.
0: that's right oh wow that is. That, see It's funny because we 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 laugh about it and yet it really causes a lot of problems um even maybe just and maybe that's even leads to even you know sexual harassment or discrimination or i mean other interesting dilemmas we're facing
3: yeah i mean it's uh you know it's hard to it just may be one of these things where it's hard to gauge i mean when you think about it. I think a really good example of one of these evolutionary mismatches is, is uh, you know, that we crave sugar. We like sugar so much, and it wasn't very available to our ancestors, right? Mm, yeah, right. So, you know, aside from, like, honey or carrots, where were they going to get sugar? But today, it's it's really hard to avoid sugar. And so we don't, you know, we humans, we just don't have a very good break that tells us, you know, stop eating sugar. This is too much. It's toxic. And in the same way, we have these psychological biases where we just may not have that break to say, stop. Right. But we have to work at it.
0: Right. Oh, wow. Okay, we, we are going to get back and work at it. We're talking with Dr. Veneta Mehta, uh, and she is here today teaching us how to, I guess, to understand better um, some of the discrepancies that might be going on in your dating life. Maybe better understand how your our, our evolution, our process of... Um, of being human might be deeply impacting your relationships today we're going to take a break come back and continue this discussion see if we can't get more more information more tools right here on the matt townsend show you're listening to us on byu radio Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're discussing how maybe we are wired to be, I don't know, a little relationally challenged. How about that? You have people around you that, you know, maybe don't seem to quite get it. Have you ever had a guy try to pick up on you uh, and he just wasn't getting the point that you weren't interested? Well, we're finding out why And a lot of it might come back to some very, very basic uh, wiring from our evolution. Let's talk uh, to our wonderful guest today, Vinita Mehta, Ph.D. She is a a blogger from a popular blog called Head Games for Psychology Today. I think that's where we found her. She has a master's degree from Harvard University and a doctorate from Columbia University. She's also um, a counselor, a, a therapist, a psychologist. And is also a wonderful writer and journalist, and we appreciate her teaching us today. Vanita, welcome back to the show.
3: Oh, thanks. It's great to be here.
0: You bet. Now, t- you were talking before um, just about a, a variety of you know differences that we that that are probably you know in our wiring because of how we've evolved, I guess, over the years, uh, and how we ca- we came from a nomadic world, so. Now we're kind of in a more, I guess, I don't know what we'd call it, more established community where, where there's a lot of opportunities to date. Do you, do you sense, though, that um, th- this history and, and kind of the difficulty we all have is, is actually decreasing uh, our desire to be in relationships? Are we, are we okay not taking them as serious and not being as invested
3: well, you know, it's very interesting. There was a study that came out recently uh, on this on this issue about whether um, whether our attachment styles, the way that we relate to each other, is changing. And the very fascinating finding, which was that we are becoming less secure in our attachment huh. with others and more insecure. And specifically, that our that our view of other people. Is becoming more negative.
2: Really?
0: So all these people around us are making us more fearful.
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting. So they did a a meta-analysis. This was Sarah Conrad and her colleagues. I believe she's at the University of Michigan, and they looked at attachment style, how people relate to each other, in American college students from the late 1980s until 2011. And the uh, number, the percentage of people who were securely attached actually decreased, and the insecurely attached, attached increased.
2: Huh.
3: It's a bit concerning. Yeah. Uh,
0: why why, why so, didn't this happen 80 years ago? I mean, why, yeah, why now? Is it, is it just the expectation is so much higher?
3: Well, you know, they, they have some, they speculated in, this, in the study as to why. Why would we become, why, why would we be? more insecurely attached now as opposed to any other time and what's very interesting is they pointed to two different things and the first was family practices and parenting practices and that perhaps parents aren't as available to children as they used to be because of work demands and so forth Hmm. and then also that there is uh... you know extended family like grandparents and uncles and aunts are less involved in sort of being assisted assisted parents uh... you know Where people used to live in communities and really help raise each other's right.
0: Well, that's and and that's uh, wow, that's real because the 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 attachment style uh, as a theory is talks about how we are raised in a safe environment when we're younger. Kind of is what leads us to have a certain type of attachment.
3: It lays the foundation for our relationships, you know, with our peers, with our you know, romantically even with our you know there's evidence that even with friends and colleagues it's just the it becomes the prism through which we relate.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's scary because so and and overall we are more or less actually trusting of other humans. So we're kind of yeah. we're all kind of looking out for each other and 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 afraid. It's we're not as yeah, open I mean, probably. That
3: was, yeah, that was the disturbing part of the of the finding. I mean it is a worrisome finding. Yeah. you know to think that uh you know if you it used to be that if you walked into say you went to a college party and there were a hundred people there more than half would be securely attached or just around 50 percent. but that number has dipped wow so yeah significantly statistically significant
0: well yeah. then this kind of becomes a tradition of the father's thing right so if my parents you know were a little more detached uh, then I might be a little more detached, and I guess so. Now all of a sudden, we're spreading this detachment. Yeah. Scary. Yes.
3: Yeah, and you know the other the other factor that they pointed to, which is also you know very it, it is fascinating. It's uh, technology, the rise of of social media, yeah. and the paradox that even though we live in a world in which we're more connected, that we're maybe we're becoming you know less emotionally connected to each other as a result.
0: So you don't think that having a really good ability to take a selfie is going to pull us out of this attachment problem. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. It's just so true. The problem. Yeah.
0: I think it is the problem, isn't it? Because that's it. Now we can just go every we don't even need someone to hold the camera and take the picture. Exactly. Now we just extend it and do duck lips. Yeah,
3: stop the selfies. Oh it's such a
0: it's a really weird uh dynamic and and yet in the end, we're the ones creating it. Is there a – maybe talk a little bit more about um, kind of the, the different styles of attachment and what happens – what is it that happens to us when we pull away?
3: So there are four different types, and the, the idea is, is that you know, we all come into the world as infants and we all have relationships with a caregiver – and the idea is, is that if our relationship and our experience with our caregiver is uh, consistent and loving, then we develop secure attachment and everything is great. That's what you want to be. Right. And you have a positive view of yourself and a positive view of others. But if you are uh, raised in an environment that's maybe harsh or inconsistent or our parents are unavailable, then your view of self or other may become negative. Hmm. And so the other three types are fearful, preoccupied, and fearful, preoccupied, and I'm missing one. Dismissing. Yeah, 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 dismissing. So,
0: I mean, so then all of a sudden, I mean, to me, that is, that's, that sounded like my client base right there. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) there's a lot of fear, right? A lot of people that aren't even ever engaging. They're just busy living life, being successful, and then others that just outright dismiss relationships or people.
3: I find that I tend to see probably, you know, if, if they're dismissing because they're more avoidant, yeah. and I find not to be in therapy as much.
0: Yeah, they're just, they're just, they're kind of done.
3: Yeah, they're sort of like, I'm not the problem.
0: <laughs> but the, Exactly. But so, the the, I, yeah. the irony is, too, and you see this, I know, is then all of a sudden a fearful marries a preoccupied, which makes her more fearful. And the more exactly. fearful she is, the more preoccupied he gets. And it just and starts it's just the a spiral. Cycle yeah.
3: And it just perpetuates.
0: Is there a way out of it? And, and how do you awake? I mean, how do we awaken the world to recognize that? I mean, this is this is this is potentially a you know, catastrophe. Right. This is, you know, put this out 30, 40 more years. We'll have a huge number of people that don't attach.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, maybe we should be thinking about this maybe as a relationship crisis or a yeah. crisis in the making. Yeah. If we're going to try to replace, uh, you know, real human connections, the human spark, with uh, relating to each other online. It's just, they don't, you know, relating online is one thing. It may not translate into real life when right. you're face-to-face with someone. Ah.
0: And yet that's what we're marketing, and then again, a lot of people don 't even know I mean it, about the attachment and this basic human need everybody has to know that that they could be grounded and connected to another human being, otherwise it seems like you're just going to constantly be looking for something you 'll never find, that piece of just exactly. knowing you're safe yeah, and you
3: know look, your smartphone isn't going to give you a hug no <laughs> I've tried you're,
0: you're... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work, vanita. <laughs> It's so cold. <laughs> but maybe the new iPhone 6 Plus will.
3: Yeah, no. I don't know. But maybe if Siri could be a little bit more, yeah. you know. Yeah, if Siri
0: could sound more like a close friend.
3: Exactly. It, it
0: really, <laughs> sorry, I, I love the idea, though, <laughs> that we do frame it like a crisis because I can only, I mean, I see it with my kids, and I think they have a fairly strong attachment with us, and they're healthy, except... Wow. it's a, you're, All these kids are blindsided, too. And you don't even really know you're into these problems until you're deeper into wanting more intimate, romantic, long-term relationships, isn't that?
3: Yeah, I, I can't imagine having grown up online what that must have... I, I did oh. not grow up online no. to date myself, but uh, you know, what it must be like where so much of your life is public or you know, every text that you send could be broadcast to... You know, everyone.
2: Yeah,
0: it's oh a, yeah. You
3: know, it's a very different kind of culture and environment.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we got, we're going to take a break, Vanita. We're going to come back. I want you to, when we come back, to see if you can give us uh, some ideas on what we could do to help, you know, produce a more secure attachment with our children, those around us. And uh, maybe also, we, I may have you think about another article Four Ways uh, That uh, Men Can Woo Women. That, that might be fun to talk about. We're going to continue the discussion with Vanita Mehta, uh, Doctor Vanita Mehta. Right after this, you're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about relationship challenged. One of the problems we may be running into as a society, and uh, you may be seeing it in your own lives, is this inability for many to attach and have a a, a solid, healthy attachment to other, you know, to to a significant other, to even a romantic partner in this case. Attachment styles are a big issue. Dr. Venita Mehta is on the phone with us. And um, again, she's a popular blogger um, uh, from the blog on Psychology Today called Head Games. She's also a counselor, a clinical psychologist, a journalist, and uh, just, you know, super smart. She's done her research, and we so appreciate you being with us again, Vanita.
3: Oh, It's great to be here.
0: Now teach us, is there, okay, what do we do? So what's, what does the average Joe do to make sure that, at least in my world, my circle of influence, that attachment is not my problem? That attachment issues are not my problem?
3: Well, you know, so again, from an evolutionary perspective, you know, and again, the research has borne this out, that women are looking for, you know, men who can provide resources and be a really, and over and above, an invested father. You know, that's very important. Huge. Because, again, in, in you know, for our ancestors, uh, you know, if a father, you know, abandoned the family, you know, the chances of that child
4: you oh. know,
3: not making it yeah. were very high. Right. So, so the idea is, is that women are attracted to the signs of somebody who will provide resources and be a good dad. So how do you do that? You know, one big thing I think is very obvious: just be nice. Yeah, start there. Be nice, <laughs> and,
0: and this is this is something. So, if I want to change it for my children, I could be more nice so that they can feel safe and grounded. I can also be nice to women around me, and that would make them more attracted to me. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. And you know, and then exactly, and then you know, and then be nice to children and demonstrate that. I think that you know that comes naturally to a lot of men that you know who want to have kids. That. Yeah. If, it's easy, and you know, that's something that you can uh, demonstrate. There was actually a study where women rated men at a, at a patio bar. This was done, this really <laughs> hilarious study out, out of France. Yeah. And the, the guys who uh, you know, were doting on a baby were rated as more attractive than the men who didn't. Really? So, yeah.
0: So, just rent a baby
3: a baby
0: <laughs> take the baby out with you <laughs> pretend like you found him in the you know the gutter and you're saving a baby <laughs> that's one way to do it but that isn't that interesting though it's so because it, it it does seem like it almost seems like a trick everyone has always known that that women are looking for that but that really is deeply wired to find a man that that does care about children and wants to take care of children Yeah,
3: there's something you know it, I guess it's in our very you know it's in our cellular, yeah. you know, part of our cellular makeup.
0: That's great. That's easy. The yeah, hard part is so doing it long-term, it. though, isn't it? That's, the, yeah, that's,
3: the, that's, that's the, the rub. That's the hard part. <laughs> that's right. It's, <laughs> that's it's always
0: fun family. until you get to take them home. That's a lot harder. <laughs> Keep going. What, what else would help us to make sure that, I guess, we're, we're more attractive to to the ladies, to woo the women?
3: Who woo the women. Well, another one is you know it's interesting. So again, women are also not only are they looking for resources and an invested father, but also good genes. Like you know who who's going to uh, can I pro- procure the good genes for my progeny? You know? There you can, go. Can I get my yeah? Can I get my kids some good genes here? And uh, and again, that's been that's been borne out by the research as well. And so, so, so you um, some,
0: you don't so, want us coughing. You want I mean <laughs>
3: right.
0: you,
3: you want us to look
0: healthy a little color in the cheeks
3: exactly <laughs> not exactly.
0: wheezing yeah I get it
3: <laughs> a good immune system yep. fight off infections and so one uh, there there's been such an interesting line of research showing you know how how can we display how can men display their good genes and so you know the obvious one would be you know physical attractiveness and Working out and muscularity, but another one is to be creative. Hmm. So, you know, that's why the musicians and the writers yep. they really are very attractive to women because it's a sign of high intelligence and good genes.
0: But it's so is isn't that ironic because they also tend to be the starving artist.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> See, that's but. the that's the trick.
3: <laughs> But that's the track.
0: <laughs> but it, it, it is, isn't that but creative? Also, I mean, and especially in today's day and age, because there are so many outlets for creativity that uh, that are probably you know had never been measured before.
3: Well, when you look at all everything you can do with the web, or just you know graphics, right, and all you know, computers and all of that.
0: Yeah, your Pinterest page. Come on.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may not be as attractive to a female if the guy's got an incredible <laughs> Pinterest page but I, I love. that's interesting, so creativity really is it's it's because you're buying into an entire gene pool and uh the more creative the more i guess i guess the more intellectual intelligence. yeah intelligence
2: hmm boy
0: and I've got like three strikes
3: takes a long way with women yeah
0: yeah it's interesting and again are, are men as you've done the research are we just do, do we care if you're as creative do we care if the women do are as creative
3: about, do men care about women being creative yeah Men well again, you know the, I'm, I'm going by the research yeah. just I'm quoting here that uh, according to the studies, men do uh, care more about physical attractiveness, about oh. beauty because that 's a sign of fertility yeah, oh, that's true, so you can see how sort of very uh, you know the, that uh, they're, this is the way evolution works it 's about reproductive success,
0: yeah, but in the end, we yeah. always i mean I was about to say men are pigs, but in reality. <laughs> What it is, though, is it's it's everybody is just trying to get, um, just take care of the the their posterity, give them the best shot they can. Women want, uh, you know, creative, intelligent, potential, well, strong providers. Men want a healthy body. Hmm.
3: Pretty much. I mean, but what's good about understanding this is that it, I think it can help people take things a lot less personally.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Perhaps. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So,
0: it's not so me. Maybe
3: it doesn't have to be so hurtful. It's just sort of, you know, this 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 is just how it is.
0: That's right. Well, our board operator here, um he 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 never could find uh, somebody to be his life partner forever. His beautiful girlfriend and he finally just picked up the guitar and now closed the deal.
3: And now look. Now. The other one of course is to get a dog. You know, really? That's the, yeah, to get it, you know. That, too, uh, women was also a sign of somebody who had, you know, to be affectionate, loving, all those nice...
0: Responsible.
3: ...generous, good quality. Sure.
0: That's weird, because my my, uh, little 11-year-old son's been begging me for a dog. Maybe it's because he's going through that change in life.
3: (laughs) I think maybe it's just, you know, a sign of somebody who is, you know, well-adjusted, happy, loving kid.
0: Now, I thought the dog lover was stuck in there because you are a dog lover.
3: I am a dog lover. It's yeah. true. But it's, uh, you know, it's uh, look, it's, it's science says so, so, yeah. you know. Get a dog.
0: Is, I guess it's not the same if it's a cat.
3: I, I don't know about that yeah. study. Well, but, uh... <laughs>
0: no, but it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Hey, uh, our producer, Sean O'Neill, here has a question. If, um, if the dog plays the guitar... Does that double the odds?
3: Let's hope. <laughs> let's it, hope it does. Let's hope it does.
0: It's, and what's so funny about all of this, though, is it's so—it's just so wired in us, isn't it? This isn't stuff we're thinking. But
3: yeah, so what the what the scientists say is that it takes about fifty thousand years for changes to show up in the human genome. Oh wow! So when you think that there are, are you know, we have no, this. this By the same token, you know, the human brain is very, you know, plastic and adaptable. But when you think about some of the, we've been carrying all of this around with us for a very long time. You think about even just what our environment was like even 500 years ago, never mind 50,000 years ago.
0: Yeah. And I guess that also means we have to be maybe a little bit more deliberate, don't we? A little more intentional in what we are trying to do instead of just... More aware. Yeah, more aware instead of just trying to wing it. So by the 14th no at that, you know, patio party, <laughs> the guy ought to get the clue. I guess this is evolution saying walk away, go get a dog, yeah, let it go, let it go and walk away. Oh, Vanita, this is this is seriously um, I think it, I think it's super powerful. What uh, anything else? We have a couple minutes. What do you think overall or, or what are your big takeaways from a lot of this research you've been doing and finding
3: that um you know sometimes when i see clients that there is that sometimes when people are rejected you know in the dating world that there's a tendency to take things very personally and i think that this research really shows that you don't need to take it so personally
2: yeah
0: that's a relief
3: yeah and that's a relief and i think she just the importance of you know just having good relationships with a significant other but also just I think uh, with a community to be part of a, a you know, to be part of um, a good social support network will really, you know, make you happier, healthier, and just more connected with other people. So that whether you're single or whether you're attached, you are just in a in a happier place.
0: Yeah, and I think that is such great advice too, because it'll I guess if you want to get a partner, it'll increase the odds there. But in the very least, you'll be happy. And then when you do get maybe a partner, have a family, and, and raise this family, you might be able to pass down some healthier genes.
3: <laughs> and habits.
0: <laughs> and habits, huh?
3: And habits.
0: It's powerful. Well, Dr. Venita Mehta, we so appreciate you. And, um, and really, truly, I think we've learned a lot. Thank you so much for being on the show.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
0: You bet. Everybody, go check out her website, com. D r v i n i t a m e h t a dot com, or look her up on Psychology Today. Good stuff, man. Humans, fun little game we're playing here. We're going to take a break. Come back and continue the discussion about uh, being relationship challenged. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about relationally challenged people. Do you know any? Our our last guest, Venita Meta. What a great guest! By the way, doing all the research and showing us that maybe we are becoming a population, a group of people that don't trust relationships anymore. The people are too messed up. Don't want to get involved. Scary.
1: So are we not trusting enough? I think it's because we're not attaching. So why would we – if you're not a a person that attaches well with other people – Is that due to social media? Some
0: of it's social media they're finding, but some of it too is just how we're being raised. We don't have safe families, safe parents that create a strong, attached person that believes that inherently they're safe and people are inherently good. Instead, we have people that are afraid – And people that believe that people are out to get them.
1: Does keeping extended family close help with that?
0: Yes. Huge part of that. Because then your aunt used to be able to teach you that lesson Mm -hmm. because dad had to leave and mom died. So dad would go to work. The aunt would take care of you. You'd learn it that way. Now Or maybe you want to confide
1: in your aunt more than you want to confide in your parents. You might. See, and that can help. Yeah.
0: So in the end, though, you want to have healthy relationships. So one of the things I wanted to talk about this segment is – are we? I think we're getting to a point where we don't see the permanency of relationships. We see them oh. as transitory. We see them as stuff we just kind of – they're disposable. We just throw them away. So think about how many romantic kind of people you loved, you dated, and no longer are in your life. Think of how well, many of those we've lost
1: Yeah, I and I've how dated, many you've kept. I dated a few people before I met my wife. Sure. But – when I dated those people, I was—you were in—I was looking for a—you know—I was looking for permanency. Now, now the dilemma may be though with the population
0: becoming less attached, uh-huh. that we may just see relationships as
1: more transitory. I see. Of course, yeah. I was lurking—you know look, lurking. you were, <laughs> okay. Well, you were lurking, which was part of your dating I was, approach. You know, <laughs> 17 and a half years
0: ago, when you can't get him. And <laughs> you can't get them you know to talk to you then you lurk <laughs> and then you just exhaust them till they've got to marry you anyway um here's some here's some rules okay some reasons why we have to re- recognize and see relationships as long term okay important long term things one reason is because um permanent thinking grows deeper roots than temporary thinking yeah so if we want people – if we want our children, for example, to um, understand that they're going to – they're eventually going to want to create a long-term healthy relationship, our kids are going to have to think of something as lasting longer than their iPhone till the next generation iPhone.
1: Is this something that's done by example or – Yeah, totally. And part of it is like a father-child relationship, a mother-child relationship. That is a
0: permanent
1: Relationship Exactly. Even if the marriage doesn't stay that's right. that's, there, you've still, got the, that's right. you've still got the child-parent relationship.
0: And there's something that happens there that is, that is important because that kid, that's where the attachment grows. In those long-term relationships that are seen as permanent, those kids need to know they're safe enough to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They need to know they're safe enough and that you're not going to just abandon them. And I'm afraid we don't necessarily teach that to our kids.
1: Okay, so – Let's say you have a relationship that has gone away. Yeah. There, there has been a divorce, but you still have children. How do you show your children that marriage is still a good thing, that you could, they could still achieve something more permanent? First thing I would do is I wouldn't even make it about – I would
0: make it about my relationship with my child. So if you've divorced their mother, you have to stay attached and connected to your children. Okay. You have to keep showing them you're not leaving. You're not going away. They're going to see you regularly. And as parents that are divorced, you have to make sure you're making that happen in your divorce. Make sure that both of you are, are attentively connected to these children so that they can believe that even though divorces happen, relationships can still exist long term and they can attach.
1: And it. And give them the message that you know your father and I or right. or your mother and I may not have agreed on everything, mm-hmm. and so we separated. But that doesn't mean you have right. to do it. But you're going to be safe because Dad will be here this afternoon. Mom will pick you up tonight. But We're in going there to re- ask you
0: about your homework. Nothing's going to change.
1: But what if there? I mean, what if you have older children who are afraid of relationships because oh, no, you're huge. no, absolutely. So that's another problem with this. When we think of relationships not
0: as permanent, we we set our kids up to I, I call it. Um, relationships never die. Right. So every old boyfriend, every old girlfriend you've ever had, you still have memories of. Mm-hmm. So if relationships don't ever die, if we think of our relationships more as permanent, you've got to always remember that every relationship you're going to carry memories of. So instead of carrying a lot of memories of regret, teach your children, teach the fat people in your life, and you remember, every interaction you're having with people, those ideas don't die. They're, everyone has a memory of you and when at your you know when they find out oh my heck he died what are they going to think oh it's about time i thought that guy would have died years ago that guy's such a jerk so we want to make sure that there's a permanence to every interaction you have and in our world it's easy to see everything is transactional cuz we just delete it we sent it how many times have you sent an email and you don't even know if they received it but you sent it yeah and you think transaction complete but if we knew everything was permanent um, memories don't just Die memories are going to be there as long. So, think of every interaction with another human being as as it's it's going to be as tangible as your memory is. Okay, that's huge. Another one. <laughs> I see it's important to think of relationships as permanent because you remember the canary in the mind, in yeah. the mine. Yes. So the canary is the, a whole song. Canary in a coal mine. Co- canary in a coal mine. So all Devo. the miners Thank would you. go. In, was it Devo? It was Devo. Holy cow! I that, think they redid the song, but yeah. Well, I, I'm sure. Um, relationships though how the relationship grows how the relationship dies is a sign of potential issues potential health so if you don't have permanent long term relationships you don't have a good canary you don't have oh. you don't have an indicator like a barometer that will tell you what's really happening in the world your relationships around you could tell you when you should be more worried about something when you should be paying attention to something. And if you don't have deeper, profound, attached relationships, you don't have a canary to, to, you know, to test the mind now, right? Mm-hmm. So we need long-term relationships for that. We need canaries. We need more canaries. And it doesn't mean that relationship has to die except the relationship can easily tell you when there's some bad stuff going on. Even in – I mean my wife tells me stuff I don't know about the kids. I tell my wife stuff she doesn't know about the kids. Yes. So we end up being canaries for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, another and, one
1: – And having a canary is a good thing because yeah. you can – because marriage is – That's right. Relationships ebb and flow. That's right. That's right. They, they, they're, they're not a constant. Right. Well, and none of us
0: can constantly be in it. But together, we could create some more uh, stronger attachments for our kids. Hey, another reason why we've got to think of our relationships in a more permanent way is because to me, the number one place to learn character is in the relationship, all, in all of your relationships. Your character is forged in trying to create a long-term healthy relationship with somebody that you've made a promise to. That's where character grows. So if we don't have long-term relationships, you won't grow deep character. Okay. Where else would you grow character? If all of a sudden everyone around you is changing, everything is constantly in flux, and
1: there's no permanence to your relationship, then where do you create depth? So if you're jumping around from relationship to relationship to relationship, Mm-hmm. You have no roots, no, and I can do that in like a dating situation, mm-hmm. but my mom would eventually say,
0: "What is your deal? Yeah, mm-hmm. why are you bouncing around so much but So when my mom died and i didn 't have that permanent relationship and I had no other permanent relationships, think of that. think of if i didn 't have family, yeah friends that are cl- constant and close, I will get no feedback in my life about my lack of character, my lack of growth. We need permanent people around us yet those are the people that make life so difficult (laughs) see James that's why well that's because it's never our fault it's always their fault that's right that's why you need us here to help you fall and stay in love with your beautiful friend
1: it's not very difficult. Yeah, so it's easy, isn't it? you guys have an easy, easy job. Why well, we really do. And what's really
0: funny is you don't even bring her around us. I which know. is almost like you don't trust our character.
1: I think he's smart. I think he's very smart.
0: <laughs> I think he knows that we'd probably kill the canary. Which is why he's a very smart guy. We're going to take a break, folks, and we come back. Heather Johnson's in the house. She's going to teach us how we can teach our children to have healthier relationships. Great insight. Heather Johnson, right here from BYU's campus. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. A little Devo for you. Working in the coal mine, not uh, not canary in the coal mine, but canaries did work in coal mines till they died doing their work. Today we're talking about relationship uh, challenges and dealing with um, you know some of the, the difficulties that come up around relationships. Who better? Who who knows relationship challenged more than Heather Johnson? That sounds. That's a horrible introduction. It,
5: it, you know, we could work on that still. We're not yeah. quite there yet.
0: Yeah, we need to work on that. It's okay. Uh, James, make a note. Work on that. <laughs> Check.
5: <laughs> you work on my intros there, James. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's because I have like 500 pages, not even yours. This is just what Sean gives me to tell everybody about you. You, uh, you completed an undergraduate and graduate degrees from BYU. Yeah. You've been teaching for nearly 12 years.
5: I just hit my 12-year mark. My
0: okay. daughter is in your class. She is. She's and fantastic. She says you're a red hot chili pepper. <laughs> no, she actually says she says you are fantastic.
5: Well, that is kind of her.
0: And she would love her grade to go up exponentially with her adoration for you.
5: There you go. <laughs> with that comment, right? She
0: really thinks you're you're fantastic. I'm trying to teach her that there's some stuff that nobody knows about. About, about you.
5: Oh, well. See, I don't share that stuff with my students,
0: but I'm going to be posting it on my website. <laughs> if you want information, Great. dirt on Heather Ann, if you're looking
5: Johnson. for dirt, you know where to go.
0: Heather, by the way, two things th- that are fascinating: she published a book, fun or family fun Fridays, mm-hmm. which uh, you know what? Let me just add something to your book title. Okay, you can have the family fun on any day,
5: any day, any hour,
0: any hour doesn't matter. Yeah, so we we choose ours to be on Monday. Okay. Family fun Mondays. All right. But, you know.
5: We like Mondays too. Fridays are good. But sometimes you need to get your idea on Friday so you can be prepared for Monday.
0: Yeah, no. We don't uh, do that.
5: You kind of wing it.
0: We get our idea Monday about 6.58.
5: Sure. When we
0: start at 7. Yeah.
5: Sounds about but right. But we just
0: go to your book. Perfect. Because it's the best money we've ever spent. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Familyvolley.com is where they can go just learn more about you. Yep. Yep. Uh, 13 years married to the love of your life, five children. Yes. From 12 to five months. That's not true.
5: She's eight months. No, she's nine months now. Holy Still God. 12, though. Good job. Yeah. She's growing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? That's a good sign. It
5: is. is it, her first tooth came through today. Really? Yeah. We're late bloomers when it comes to teeth.
0: Well, you know what? Well, that one you'll right probably down. have them longer. I'm, there you go. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, you'll have them longer. So you have all these kidlets. Yes. How do you teach them to have a healthy relationship?
5: Well, the thing about relationship skills, which is kind of what we're yeah. covering with kids, is that they're developmental. Mm-hmm. You develop them, so we kind of have this idea, oh, either my child is born able to you know have they get it or they don't right and that's that's no. not true now. Do some kids get it quicker or easier? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the greatest thing about this concept is that we can teach our kids to have healthy relationships. These are skills they develop. Now, there's two key areas they're gonna they're gonna learn. They're gonna learn from the generations before them. That's, and right. that's, See, that's us. That's important. That's us, and a, that's grandparents.
0: I don't know if you've noticed this, but a mm. lot of kids have seriously messed up parents.
5: They do. And it results in them being seriously messed up when it comes to their we relationships. We hand it down, don't we? We do. And then
0: we then we act amazed. Right. Like, oh, man, who taught you that?
5: Or where did you learn that? Yeah. They learned it right in our own four walls. That's right. So they're going to learn it in two places. The first is going to be those generations before them. The other is going to be certain given situations that they have to be involved
0: Day-to-day in. Day-to-day life.
5: That's exactly right. And exposure to those different situations. So as parents, if we can keep that in mind even just jumping into this realize that they're they're mimicking us mm-hmm. right and also that the more we can expose them to as far as healthy good relationships and situations that's what they're going to learn from
0: my favorite memory is sending my children the ones that don't want to go to go back like at McDonald's and get like if they want an ice cream cone oh yeah cuz they're terrified right and I'm like, it's just McDonald's.
5: It, she's a person but just like you.
0: That's an interaction. It is. And that's where that's where they learn.
5: And we have to fill their lives with those interactions. That's great. Teaching them to you know ask for another ice cream cone or approach someone of a different gender and ask them. Oh, a, yeah. Whatever it might be, age appropriate and mm-hmm. situation appropriate, we've got to put them in those situations.
0: By the way, James, are you listening? <clears throat> yes. I I'm not asking that because you need it. Oh, of course not. I just think it's important. This is important for when you raise children.
5: Just in case. <laughs> okay. So once we've done that and we, we recognize how much they're really looking at us and how much we you know, it's just like when we've talked about giving our children challenges. Yeah. We've got to give them social situations to learn about relationships. We've got to put them in those right. situations. Oh, yeah. And so after that, we're gonna we're gonna start doing a few things. The first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on building their self esteem. Now I recognize there's a lot of literature on both sides. This is like a battle. Do we help our kids with their self esteem or do we not? Yeah. I am pro helping. Oh yeah. Help them help their help your children at a very young age build a, build a strong, steady belief in themselves
0: that they are powerful that, they're good, that they 're good they are decent
5: that mistakes are simply that yeah. that they 're not defining. Even more than that, that they know who they are based on who they are, not on how they look, mm-hmm. not on what society tells them. We've got to give them that self-esteem. Oh. Now, our research shows great things. It shows that kids with a healthy self-esteem, a strong self-esteem and self-image are better at handling relationships. They have healthier relationships. Because
0: really? you'd always think ah, they're just so into themselves. They're
5: not. No. We can maintain healthy relationships when we have a solid belief in who we are. On the flip side, kids who struggle with their self-esteem have a really hard time maintaining relationships. That's right,
0: because you don't want to build someone else because you'll take it away from yourself. That's
5: exactly right. And Mm. we don't understand. And what the other person does is constantly defining us instead of us already understanding who we are. That's huge. So regardless of the changes that we're facing throughout the world, whether it's technology, which we'll move to, whatever's happening, we want to focus first on building that self-image so that our kids know Who they are.
0: And you build that by just reassuring them, by pointing out that they're they're not a thing, right? They're not their call. They're not their job. They're not their touchdown.
5: And it comes from what we say. Mm -hmm. It comes from how we treat them. Are we constantly judging and belittling? That's not going to yeah. help build a are we, are we
0: asking questions like, why did you do that?
5: Yeah. That was dumb. Don't that do it. That was he. dumb. That's not going to help them, yeah. right? We want to ask them instead questions that help them explore, sure, why they did things, but also in turn help them understand that because they did it, they're stronger, mm-hmm. whether it worked or didn't.
0: Yep. Or even ask them, so how do you feel that went?
5: Right. And let them assess and then kind of tell so us.
0: Even if you say. scoped it, like go up and ask them for your, uh, for your ice cream cone. hmm And then when they come back, sit down and like debrief it. How did that go? What were you afraid of? What were you feeling? Did you get sprinkles? Stuff
5: like that. And ask before and after. You know, you saying that. My dad used to do this thing and it fits in all day, you know, with what we're talking about. But when I got a little bit older, we used to walk in public places, usually the grocery store. Yeah. And I can distinctly see us sitting next to – standing next to the eggs and he'd send me to go get eggs and he'd come up next to me. And if there was someone about my same age, a boy there – He would give me just the right nudge to where I'd lose my balance. And had to grab on to that boy. To that boy. To that wow. boy. Because I had two options. That's right. It was either fall. Fall or of,
0: grab the handsome boy. Or grab
5: the boy that was standing there. And
0: the victim, let's call him. That's
5: exactly right. And it taught me, as silly as it sounds, I remember the red face. I mean, and we laughed and chuckled. <laughs> but it was such a great learning experience yeah. to be able to say, oh, man, I'm, so- I'm sorry. Yeah, and I sorry. really wanted to say, man, my dad did that to yeah. me. But, but you,
0: had to f- you had to find a way out of it.
5: Right. And those experiences you know, the opposite sex, all of that, they really help us grow they and do. develop. We've got to do that.
0: So what you're saying is push your children, push, push them. gently nudge gently. your children onto opposite sex children.
5: And it happened lot.
0: <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, I guess the way worked. you said it was yeah, weird. Yeah, it sounded really yeah, weird when it came out.
5: <laughs> but we can oh, do well. that in lots of ways. I mean, I even agree. just encouraging relationships and conversations. The
0: recovery is really what mattered. You had to recover
5: right.
0: <laughs> from it. And by recovering, that's a great skill.
5: Right, right. It yeah. helps us. It helps us to learn to talk and and do those things. So you've been talking today about really this changing environment, right? And we can't do this with kids without acknowledging technology. Technology can single-handedly destroy our children's ability to have a healthy relationship. I mean, it
0: really is. It does. Everything. It does. Timing. I mean, what they even consider a relationship.
5: Right. It changes. So here are some stats for you. Last year, a study came out that said children who were born after 2005 – Watch 35 hours of television a week. What? That is not including tablets and computers.
2: Oh, man.
5: So if you think about that, that is a full-time job. We've just said 35 hours plus the tablet. We've just said that kids essentially have a full-time job when it comes to technology.
0: Watching TV.
5: Right. Watching TV. So here's the hard thing. That limits, first of all, time to have any oh, yeah. other relationship, right? Let alone learning skills that they need through those experiences to better their abilities to have relationships. That um,
0: is, if you spent 35 hours on anything,
5: right, right.
0: It would be better than that.
5: Right. Anything. Anything yeah. is really a better choice than that. Other things we know that are really hurting relationships more television means children are more violent. We've heard this a million times. They're more aggressive. They're more likely to talk to uh, give risky behavior a try. Yeah, all those things come into play here. None of those things we just mentioned are good for relationships. Aggression, aggression's not
0: deviant, the untrustworthy. None of them. Hi, yeah, right. right.
5: And on top of that, there is some research that's now starting to point to the fact that children who watch a lot of TV only have an attention span that lasts as long as the program before a commercial. Mm-hmm. Now, think about it. A program lasts about six to seven minutes with yeah. a two-minute commercial break. Yeah. So children are being programmed to focus for seven minutes, and then they need a two-minute break before they can focus again. Pitiful. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I've never had a single relationship that allows me a seven-minute on, a two-minute no. off. A so not only is technology keeping children from having the time to have relationships, but the skills that they're learning through technology—oh, they don't jive. They're not strength. They're not relationship, healthy relationship skills. Oh, so we're man. trapped, right? You we're kind what? of trapped here. So we've got I'm to messed. we got to go back to technology. This
0: we, is the, you know what? I was a latchkey kid. <laughs> I, I did everything by commercial breaks. <laughs> I knew when to go to the bathroom. Sure. Commercial breaks. It's exactly right. And I it was two minutes. It's
5: exactly right. That's so how I long didn't you had. dawdle. Right. Just, you had to go and get your I snack. I went,
0: did my duty, and done. Got my snack. <sighs> okay. We're going to take a break. Okay. We're coming back with Heather Ann Johnson. She's going to continue teaching us uh, you know, the art of teaching relationship skills, habits to your children. It's the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Heather Ann Johnson, adjunct faculty member here at Brigham Young University. She is teaching us how to teach our children about relationships. She narrowed her writings down to two pages.
2: Two pages. (laughs) She is an
0: incredible professor here on campus. My daughter is taking her class. Uh, She is officially the favorite teacher of all time.
5: She wants an A, doesn't She's she? She's dying for She's an A. She's dying for an A.
0: From the hardest class, she says, on earth.
5: Her scholarship depends on this, doesn't <laughs> her it? Her
0: scholarship and her future in my family. There you go. Heather, by the way, has a website. Go to mm-hmm. familyvolley.com. She also wrote the book, Family Fun Fridays, which can also be used on Mondays through Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Any day of the week. We'll do. I know. It's it great. It is.
0: So talk to us, Heather. What do we need to know? What else do we need to do to so, watch out for technology? Because it's probably it is warping our children's ability to relate.
5: It is. It yeah. is. And it's keeping them even just time wise from having the time to have. Real relationships yeah. with real people, right? So technology, if it's doing this, if it's keeping us away from real people, we want to take a step back and fill in those gaps that yeah. technology is... You Don't know, you think that
0: the, really the only technology that you would suggest would be the Matt Townsend show?
5: The, absolutely.
0: Radio, the Matt Townsend exactly show. Exactly right. Okay.
5: Cirrus, be sure you tune in.
0: Or any of our websites.
5: Right. <laughs> they,
0: could, they could
5: spend <laughs> 35 yeah. hours there too. And, yeah. You not- could do
0: that, but then you'd, yeah, they'd <laughs> come out a whole it. different person.
5: <laughs> that's, that's right. So some other things that technology does, technology hinders our ability to learn how to communicate. Yep. You've got to be able to communicate to have a healthy relationship. Well, you can you can
0: tweet your way through life.
5: You could try. Yeah. But it's not going to be a healthy relationship, which is what That's we're trying it's to- It's going to be a little warped. Right. We're trying to help our kids with.
0: Plus, so, if you lose thumbs, done.
5: It, <laughs> No one's going to watch that. That's <laughs> hard. So what we want to do is we want to make sure they know how to communicate. Now, communicate has a million different forms, but we want to be able to look at someone and have a conversation. Right. We want to know how to express opinions without it turning into arguments or yeah, being rude. Yeah,
0: combative, yep.
5: We want to know how to listen to one another. Now, no one on the other side of that phone is, is teaching us those things That's or that, that television screen. So we've got to go back to communication and teach them those things. Other things they're losing through technology is the ability to – how do we even put this? It's really empathy—the ability to have empathy for other people, to
0: care, to feel something that as someone else is right. feeling. Right?
5: Technology teaches us that everything is an object; it's feelingless. That's right. Right? That's right. Nothing has feelings. Your phone doesn't. The TV doesn't. The computer doesn't. But people do. Yeah. And so we need to teach our children how to have empathy. Empathy is this idea that we understand and share the feelings of someone else. That's only going to happen if we teach our children to be empathetic. Okay? I mean,
0: imagine though, what if you because even kids today may not even babysit like right. they used, you used to learn to be empathic with your child baby with with a child babysitting or raising your own family mm-hmm. members but now you could get to 25
5: and, never, and not
0: know how to connect to another dean right being. A,
5: right especially with children where you need a lot of empathy and a oh, lot of patience man. and we're seeing too a lot of this happening you know we've got a divorce rate we've got mothers and fathers working outside the That's home right. we've got Families that are smaller, so there's not as many siblings around, where we have to learn empathy yep. and we have to learn those things. So in our house, we play the "How would you feel?" game oh, to I help like with that. empathy. Yeah, and it's simply just asking our children, "How would you feel if?" and put them in the position of someone else and have them explore it in their own minds. Well, man, I, I would feel sad or that would hurt my feelings if that was said or I wouldn't feel very good. Let them mm. explore that. So we need to teach empathy because technology is taking away that's right. our empathy.
0: And again, I like that you point and out that that's something you can learn.
5: Right. It is. It's this is These are all learned skills. So we don't have to think it's hopeless or Sorry. if they're 15, it's too late. It's never too late.
0: And we should teach it to boys. I mean, we just – our other guest was talking about sometimes – we don't think boys do these skills, right? But apparently, they're more attractive right. if they do.
5: Absolutely, that's what my wife says. It's true. And when we talked Father's Day too, we talked about those things to help raise a son, yeah, right? That right. women want to marry, that's right. and one of them is we women want a man who's empathetic. That's right. We need them to understand that we have thoughts and feelings.
0: Write that down, James. So,
5: th- <laughs> so this is really important. Other things that happen when technology kind of overrides our lives is it mutes rejection. And this is what I mean. When we're so focused on technology, we never learn to deal with rejection.
1: It's so true.
5: Rejection is a fundamental part of relationships. It doesn't matter if it's a friendship or a romantic relationship. You know, our kids in school or not, there's rejection. Our three-year-old playing with a friend – Rejection. rejection. Oh, all yeah. the time. And our lives, unfortunately, have to be filled with that. So we've got to teach our kids how to deal with rejection, with real people. Instead okay? of just
0: medicating with a, a device, <clears throat> Right? feel it. Feel that emptiness. Feel that vacant moment of, sure. ugh.
5: And know that it's real. And know that it's okay, that we all feel it. A couple things we can do with that is, first, if our child is continually putting effort and energy into a relationship and getting rejected, it's okay to teach them to walk away. Hmm. It's okay to say, that's not healthy, right? We're teaching them skills. Go ahead and let's find another relationship that's more conducive to who you are and what you believe in. Well, if
0: that's a buddy, how great to learn that with your buddy when you're eight, instead of with your girlfriend when you're 16 and codependent.
5: It's exactly right. So let's learn. We want to learn all these things as early as we can. The other thing parents tend to do when it comes to rejection is we tend to actually add fuel to the fire. They come home and say they were rejected. And we kind of Promote that yeah. with like a
0: yeah they're a jerk
5: we, right or and I told you so I know our yeah. our daughter struggled with this you know being friends with people and feeling that rejection and she'll come home and you know I want to say I I told you so I've been telling you yeah. for weeks not oh, to hang I out with it. that girl yeah, right but they've just come home so vulnerable the last thing we want to do. To help them learn to handle is to come back with an I told you so. Instead, we need to wrap our arms around them and help them work through it from a positive stance. That's great. That then helps them deal with the rejection that they're always going to face, right? Yeah, and
0: don't dismiss the feeling. It's, come on, you'll it's, be, real. it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. It's
5: very real. But we don't want to add the salt to that's the right. wound that's, already, that's, that's good. already there. Good. Other things, we talked about technology at the beginning. It keeps us from having time and our children having time to play or to be with our family. Yeah. So this is back to what we always cover. It seems like there's kind of those rote answers, but we can't overschedule. If we overschedule our families, we can't be together. And family time is really that schoolroom where our children learn these skills. That's right. We've got to have it. You know, back in the 50s, they, they did research and found that the things that families did the most were sit around and eat dinner together and work together. Really? And that's where they learned all the skills they needed. Well, what's funny is families aren't eating together as much <sighs> no. and they're not working together anymore. No. So we're not, we're not setting aside those experiences or that time when we can learn valuable skills.
0: And we're still sitting around.
5: And we're still sitting around. (laughs) So it's
0: not like we're out, you know, building incredible buildings.
5: Right. Or doing something different. It it ends up being a waste of that time when we look at technology. There's other research too, which is so interesting. But when children don't have an opportunity to play, there's a new line of research called nature deficit disorder. And there's there's research that's suggesting that because children don't go outside and experience that anymore and play with their friends Mm – That's actually the cause of most of their behavioral problems. Oh, really? And so we really need that interaction. Think of all the things you learned playing outside with your (laughs) friends. Oh, yeah. Good and bad, Uh right?
0: Don't touch that dog with the funny (laughs) froth around its mouth.
5: But even little things like when you're playing with a buddy who doesn't want to do what you want to do. So you have to learn to compromise. Or the girl you think is cute who lives three doors down rides by on her scooter and right. you hope you don't drive your bike into the bushes because you're staring at it. Right. Whatever it might be. Right. We've got all these things that happen. We don't have an opportunity for that anymore because we're not outside playing. We're not and just
0: that. the sun and getting air and Experiencing life and eating dirt. Just think of.
5: Sure. All the kids who don't get to eat dirt these days. It's so sad. We're gonna, <laughs> it's so sad.
0: Someday are going to have iron? to eat dirt. What yeah. are they missing the iron. out on? Is, the it, iron. Is, it, is it iron? Yeah, you yeah. need iron.
5: The iron and the grit, right? Yeah. The substance there. <laughs> so we want to make sure we do this. And when kids are playing, we need to go play with them. Remember, we're their best role models. They need to see healthy relationships from us and in turn model that. That's right. And so we want to go out and play with them. Other things we can do that are, that are changing with our environment is, again, be that good example. But we need to talk to them about what makes a good friend. Kids don't know that on their own. Oh, no. They know this feels yucky or this feels good. But they don't know what that means further than that. And
0: you can learn that just by when they're complaining about Mm -hmm. their friend. Talk about that. So what is it that you're not liking? Maybe that's something we need to remember.
5: Right. And then we can ask them, well, what would you rather feel? Yeah, what would that look like? What would it look like? What would be better for you? When we model things too, very simple things. For example, listening to our kids without criticizing them. Mm -hmm. Great relationship skill, right? We need that. But if we're criticizing when we listen, we're teaching them to do the same thing. Another one that is so funny to me: waving at your neighbors. Yeah, right. Do you have any neighbors who? It doesn't matter. You could oh, wave yeah. till you're blue in the face, and they yeah. stare at you and won't lift a hand. Yeah, you right? know
0: what you do though. It's so easy. You drive over their sprinklers. Well, there you go. Then they, then you know,
5: they're they're going to wave. You don't maybe wave. Maybe I take a sprinkler out. Something different next time at you.
0: <laughs> We're not suggesting you do that. Right. That's just, just that's just what well, I think that was actually on your family fun volley. It is. I yeah. think
5: for a Monday night activity. Yeah, that right? was
0: a Monday. Fun activity. Take out some sprinklers.
5: (laughs) Next door. So they're watching us. If we judge, if we're critical, if we don't listen when they're talking to us, then we've just taught them, hey, when you have to listen to someone, you can talk to. So true. And they'll mimic those things. So we really have to take a step back and decide what a healthy relationship looks like and then decide we're going to model that for them. And ask them each step of the way, how does that make you feel? What happened there? What would you like to change? What would make you feel better?
0: This all is no brainer. I mean, this it's is no like, brainer. But we don't do it.
5: But we don't do it. Because technology is really easy and it's good. We need technology. It's not going to go anywhere. But we have to recognize the detriment it does with relationships. Oh yeah. We need people. You know that's why we're here. Otherwise, we would have all been computers, and we're that's not. Right. No, right. So we need people, and happiness comes from those relationships we have with someone else, not with our computer screen. Right. So we want to teach our children to have those relationships aside from technology. I always
0: ask. So if you had, if you had, you know, four more hours to live, what would you do? And people aren't going to jump. Well, okay, I've got to finish my game. Right.
5: I got some emails to you answer. Got four emails. We're not. I we got wouldn't. some text messages. I've got
0: a post. I've got to post something. That's
5: exactly right. We're going to go straight to our families, it's those true. relationships that mean the most. So, with all the changes that are taking place, that's going to be most monumental, right? That technology and families being overscheduled. So, the technology keeps us from learning the relationship skills we need and not having enough time with our families and those generations that are going to role model, yeah. right? And our friends. We, we lose that. We lose that ability. We don't have that. It's tough. Oh,
0: I know what I'm doing tonight.
5: Running over someone's sprinkler. Someone's sprinkler. Exactly <laughs> right. I, I mean, hope your neighbors but are But I like listening. the
0: idea, too, of waving more. I mean, everything.
5: It's, There's it's, no end. Right. It's back to teaching our children. If we don't show empathy, they're not going to have empathy. We've just got to yeah, model well,
0: Yeah, where do we think they're going to get it? Right,
5: right. They're going to get it from us. Right. So it's they a good place it. to start.
0: Heather Ann Johnson. That's her name. Familyvolley.com. That's her game. <laughs> Actually, she has hundreds of thousands of games in her book, Family Fun Fridays which can also be used Saturday through Thursday. Any day of the week. Heather, you're the best. Are you going to stick with us? Yep. We've got uh, one more segment, and uh, we're going to wrap up the show. What better way to do it than just showing what great relationships we have here on set? No, not really. Uh, What we're going to talk about, Alyssa's going to come in and show us the effective way to break up. Uh, uh, By the way, a woman who's broken up with tens of thousands of people.
4: A heartbreaker. Alyssa
0: Banks. Up next, right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends. That's the hoedown music, which means, uh, you know... Time to grab a pitchfork and start (laughs) tossing some hay. Hey, uh, on the show, we've been talking about the entire day, two hours about dealing with difficult relationships. And how better to wrap this show up than having Alyssa teach us how to break up with somebody. Because eventually, if they don't get it, if they haven't learned from their parents everything that Heather just taught us, if they haven't learned that, and they don't know how to empathize, And they don't care, then (laughs) – You don't want them. You don't want them. So (laughs) you you got to break up with them. Alyssa, again, Alyssa is a world-class breakup artist.
4: No. (laughs) uh,
0: On five countries – or five continents. She's broken up with people on five continents. Alyssa.
4: So that's fun. That's kind of <laughs> there. Sad. You go, everybody. You have put together some
0: um, some ways to get out of these sticky situations.
4: Right, right. So when you're dealing with a breakup, you have to think about you know the location. Um, Hold on, really? Yes. Okay. Like you can't do it in the spot that is your couple's designated spot, like your special.
0: The kissing couch.
4: There you go. You I mean, can't do it on the kissing happen couch. Happen to have a kissing couch? <laughs> you have a kissing couch. Because then you can't sit three. on that couch. You have three. Kissing we can't
0: couches. get rid of any of our kissing couches.
4: <laughs> They're all necessary. Yeah. I hope they just
5: apply to you and your married daughter we, you they, and your they, wife. And, well, just actually, her my and wife husband.
0: and I, and we've told our kids, but the kids won't sit on them.
5: Oh, okay. Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> it just says it gives them the willies. <laughs>
4: That's funny. Anywho,
0: so yeah, you you don't want to break up in a in kind of a sacred spot relationally.
4: I guess so. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, Another thing is worrying about the timing, so you can't do it like on a holiday or on their birthday or at a funeral or at a wedding. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the typical. See, so timing and location, right? Or um, another example is a vacation. We have so Uh. Mike. On the show, yeah, I'm talking about him. Yeah, he's fine with it. Is he though. okay with it? Yeah, let's talk about. Um, it. so someone broke up with him right before he went on vacation. Wow. And then the vacation was not fun.
0: Yeah, that's rude. Yeah. Is, rude. is that Have you ever done that's that, rough.
5: Heather? I haven't. I broke up with someone though at school once and I didn't wait long enough in the day. So I did it at the beginning of school, which oh, means no. I had to see him again oh, over no. and over again. You the run day. into it. Um, yeah, him. I learned hey. the hard way. Yeah, your yeah. Timing, so, timing, is totally timing was totally off. My timing was totally off. Always <laughs> break
0: up at the end of the day. I know, right. always. Because then uh, you can go and, home and, and deal Friday with night.
4: it right. on a Friday night. Then That's you got pretty the whole bad weekend. Still. Right. Yeah. To mourn. Yeah. And then the other thing is people. You know, do you want to do it with just you and the other person? Which yeah. I would think yes. You would think. Or do that? you want an audience? No,
0: I would do it at like a jazz game.
4: Right. <laughs> oh, uh, with when the
0: jumbotron.
4: <laughs> with the kiss cam. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you just put something up there like it's not you, <laughs> it's so, me.
4: So empathetic.
5: Is that right. Weird? See,
0: I need to work on that. So empathetic. Yeah. <laughs>
5: You Darn. definitely thought through how that would make that other person well, feel when
0: you did that. <laughs> the way I thought about it, it really wasn't about them.
5: Right, right. You that's know? exactly right. It's,
0: I mean, if you can get on the Jumbotron.
5: It's all about you. If
0: it's good enough for a ring, it's good <laughs> enough to take the ring back. There you go. Right? Those are good. Uh, I mean, have you ever used
4: any of these? No. But I do feel like – Have you never – you, you, never
0: had to break
2: up?
4: Well, okay. When you when you have to break up with someone, I feel like sooner is better because you don't want to yeah. linger longer. And when they want to hang out and you don't really want yeah. to
0: – Well, that's why we're doing the show right be with now. with them anymore. Because that gives you about a month, month and a half, month, how long? Two months before Thanksgiving.
4: Oh, there so you go. So you got to
0: break up before Thanksgiving or right. you're into the holidays. Right? Right.
4: It gets yeah. iffy. And once so, you commit
5: to Thanksgiving, Christmas, y- you got to yeah. work through Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you got to do the New Year. <laughs> too. Right. So you're looking at an extra two months. I you just know. don't even know.
4: The time just keeps oh. extending. And then Valentine's, oh, Valentine's Day. Day. Oh, so you're stuck to like March. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You guys got the idea. Yeah. So So um, we're talking about. So we have categories of when you break up with people okay. or how you break up with them. And the first one is social media.
0: That's my favorite.
4: So you can update your Facebook status and not tell the person. That's one. <laughs> One way see,
0: see that, Heather just taught us how <laughs> social media technology is killing our relationship.
2: It
5: really yeah, is. Yeah, that makes it, it very We really don't even have the the guts, the courage, the kindness to look at them and say, Hey, I don't think this is working. Right, we're just right. going to change a status and hope they check they Facebook. They see back it, right? Hopefully, yeah. they looked and they will. They, they will. But but know you know, the embarrassing moment is when they didn't, right?
0: <laughs> and they don't even know you've broken up, but you've been broken up for like a month,
5: yeah, yeah, or when all their friends say something and what you know, happened, right.
4: Or the other one is the Transformation Tuesday. So you have a picture of you and your significant other and then you crop them out and then you say Transformation Tuesday. Wow. Anytime you're cropping, see that's heartless. That's That's a sad
0: moment when you're cropping. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, that's pretty permanent, too. It's pretty bad. Yeah. You yeah. had
0: years together, and now I just got to
5: crop you. Just like that. <laughs>
4: it's hard. Just like that. Okay, and then the last way um, with social media, or I guess just online, there's this site called idumpforyou.com. <laughs> and who knows how real it is? But oh. you, you tell them kind of about your relationship, and then they'll come up with a write-up and – and tell your significant other, "Well, they're broken up with you now. They don't want to." So be they'll with break you. up
5: for you. Right? It's, it's like so a middleman. You middle don't have man. to deal with it. Yeah. Just so again,
4: fantastic right.
5: relationship. good, good way it's to a deal a love with people. Hitman.
0: <laughs> you just send a break hitman.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: We have people. Yeah, you have to be over eighteen. Mm-hmm. That's great.
1: No high school.
0: Yeah, you don't want high school kids doing that. That's fantastic. Have you ever used that one? You know, I haven't. That I haven't. surprises. It's me. new, really. So,
5: <laughs> 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 after all, sure. after all we've done here on yeah, the show, that yeah. surprises you. That just sounds <laughs> a
0: lot like you. you know? It sure does. <laughs> yeah. You just mail it in. You just. I mean, back in the day, we'd mail it in. You know, right. You just mail it. In. Now we
5: just send somebody else to send our text message that we yeah. can't even do, uh-huh. let alone do it in person. Right. But, yeah. Right.
0: But I bet it's creative. It's like a breakup. It's like a break gram. Yeah. <laughs> they just come and sing. It, it.
4: makes it okay because it's cute. Yeah. Okay, um, another way – this is a more creative way. You can de- dedicate a Taylor Swift song to the person on the radio. So call the radio. your queen of breakup, your favorite, Taylor Swift. Right, right. Your favorite radio station, dedicate it to your significant other, and then say it's over. I hate
5: to say that's not new. We
4: did that. That's, <laughs> old, that's old school. That's Casey old school. Kasem. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> right. It's they, um, they didn't
0: have like breakup li- – there was always like the love song list, not the breakup song.
5: You list. could dedicate a song either way. Yeah, and so true. you could...
0: That's the country channel. Yeah. The country channel is always a breakup song. <laughs> it could, be.
5: Yeah, it could be. They are. Or a
0: dog hit by a car song.
5: Right.
4: Drinking a beer.
0: <laughs>
4: in a rocking chair. <laughs> in a rocking
0: chair. Always.
5: Yeah. This
0: is good. This is very helpful. Any others? Good. Alyssa?
4: Yeah. So have you guys seen the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? No. Heather says she yeah. has. Yes. You have... You
0: need I don't to, watch you like Trash.
4: Movies. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not Trash. It's good. It's is actually good. It is it's a good will one. Will I Cry? So she j- – well, maybe. You shouldn't. If you're okay. sensitive, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting you, you should, to get really empathic. Usually cry.
2: <laughs> I
0: cry well, about a no, lot. No, you're not. No,
4: Basically, not. she just tries to get the guy to break up with her. So she does all these crazy things. She goes over to Guy's night. She blows his nose. She gets a love fern, talks about how their love is dying because the love fern is dying. She's just very oh, in wow. his face, yeah. obnoxious.
0: And he won't take the bait.
4: Well, you'll just have to see the movie.
0: I'm going to rent it. You should. Wow, those are good. And I have a movie to watch. There you go. We learned a lot, Alyssa. Thank you.
4: You're welcome. Thank you. By the you. way,
0: nobody, again, if you want advice on how to break up, email Alyssa, Alyssa Banks at webreakupforyou.com. <laughs> it's a new
5: service. It's she's a provided. great business.
0: <laughs> Heather, thanks for being here.
5: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: I will go work on empathy. There you go. I promise. And I'm going to go watch that movie that you've recommended here's a quote for you from C.S. Lewis love is not affectionate is not an affectionate feeling but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained C.S. Lewis he knows what he's talking about hey tomorrow folks we are going to look at how we can deal with people who like to manipulate others it's going to be fascinating this is the Matt Townsend show back tomorrow more fun more ideas on how to find the good in life talk to you tomorrow